0: Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, and today we're in Soul Talk. Well, today we have uh, Catherine. She is, uh, well, let me just tell you a little bit about uh, who she is because it is uh, very interesting and we have many questions to her. She is originally from Australia, but she lives in Pennsylvania, United States. She has facilitated meditation classes and energy work in both in Australia and United States and have worked individually and more recently in family groups of generations. She is a Reiki master and teacher. She does past lives assisting loved ones over after death, living on an intuitive and empath using tarot and other tools, Vipassana meditation, and you can find her information in the description box on, on top, so you want to contact her. And... Catherine, it's really, really my pleasure to to have you here and finally meet you And well, not in person directly, but at least I can see your face in so yes.
1: <laughs> and, and it is a, a humble pleasure to be here with you, Monica, as well.
0: Thank you so much. Catherine, uh that was I I was reading your uh, what you sent me. It was very, very interesting. And I Truly, believe that the people when they wake up, we have different ways how we wake up. Uh, I have never encountered, even if I have read about them, that people they just wake up in a more calm way, nothing bad happened to them, everything was normal and fine, and they just wake up the next day and they were just wake up in all the realities. I only have read about them. I have never encountered one person <laughs> with that experience. Uh, I don't admit, I don't say that they don't exist, but personally, I haven't had that experience. So your wake up was like many of us, like I was, and uh, and I, I also was raised Catholic, so I had questions about that. And um, and how was your wake up? Uh, can you let us uh, tell us a little bit about that?
1: Sure. Um... So some of what I may share this evening is quite personal, but I'm very much at peace in myself today, so I can share some of whatever I've experienced in life uh, and not communicate an emotion with it. Um, I will share, though, that in reflection now, I was always most likely intuitive and empathic as a child. And as a teenager, there are little things that I've come to remember about myself or I've had friends remind me or even my family have reminded me. And so there was little indications along the way. Um, I remet and married what I thought was the love of my life in my early 20s. And we had a fantastic adventure together and then He came home from some extreme military training on the Thursday and told me he was leaving. We informed our parents, and by the Monday he was gone. And what was very, very difficult was over the space of those days, the person that I had known was no longer the person who was sitting in front of me. And so my awakening was extreme in the sense that Everything that I had believed about relationships and marriage, about kindness, um, was shattered. I had been raised in the Catholic faith, um, and so what does a divorced Catholic do? And for quite a while afterwards, I felt like I had a big D over my head. So I wasn't broken. I was actually shattered. and. It took me um, even the first couple of months just to be able to breathe. Um, and then that was it. That was my big awakening. So it wasn't about picking up shards of China and trying to put it back together because that was never going to happen. It was literally, and it has been for the last 26 years, um, a path of going within and literally rising like the phoenix. Yeah. So that's that's a very short story. It was very complicated at the time. <laughs> um, some of my life afterwards was a little bit like some sort of MI5 movie um, because of what he did in the military, and that's a whole other story. Um, but I will say that I have a tremendous family and I had the most wonderful friends and uh, folks who just came into my life at that time to hold me while I got that breath.
0: That is important. That is yes. that is very important because it is, your life, it you gets shattered. You have to rebuild yourself and find who you are. And more being, uh, I was raised Catholic. I went to non-schools and uh and a catholic school and they put a bunch of programs in there. What is your life should do what is, who should who should oh, sorry. Who should who should be and, and what is your program should be and so and so and that make it more and more difficult.
1: I I think that um one of the things that I struggled with in those early days of going to Catholic school was actually, um, so I'll, I'll set this, I'm a bit of a storyteller, so I'll set the stage, beautiful country town, lots and lots of different folks from different countries going to a lovely Catholic school, lovely Catholic church. The priest is literally from Ireland and so are the nuns and it's a heavy populated Italian Catholic community. As well, and I remember the priest um, standing on the pulpit as a child saying that you must love God before you love your family, and that just floored me for such a long time. I didn't know how how you could achieve that. The other thing was is um, like a lot of folks, I had my challenges as a young person in my family, and so my best friend was God. And God was not a being in the sky or even when I die, I'm going to see Jesus. To me, God was my best friend. God was an energy. God didn't sound different when God talked back to me. God was still my voice, but I could not ever imagine God not being in my life. So when I did have my awakening, all of a sudden the other challenge based on Catholic faith was is how do I negotiate the the Catholic culture? Am I allowed in the church? Am I allowed to take communion? Um, Do I go to confession? Um, I didn't leave him. He left me. So am I a bad person? Um, Am I a bad woman? Am I a bad wife? Um, How do I negotiate my way through faith to start off with? Um, And... So to this day, I still love going to church with my family when I'm home, but I now am able to look at what is faith-based culture, what is the spirit of the faith. Um, I think that the commandments are beautiful. Love one another as you would love yourself. Honour you and respect your parents. Don't covet. All of those things are basic human respect. Um. But I would not necessarily identify myself with all the, I'm a bad person, I must go to confession, Um, that type of
0: thing. Did you consider a person that did not have religion a bad person?
1: No. In fact, my first husband um, was not of any faith when we married, and I'm thankful we did marry in the Catholic Church. And during his military training to become an officer, he actually came home one day and and he had gone to church with me. And he came home one day and said, um, I'm ready to be baptised. And that was, I didn't know whether, because he was, um he did very well at his course. So I didn't know whether to be excited about how well he was doing or even more excited that he'd actually taken on a personal faith. Um. It's interesting in the sense that my if you talk about faith and spirit and connection, so my mum was um if if my mum sits down and shares her story, her story is is also about the faith and connection she has to the land. Um, she spent much of her early life in land Australia, so her faith and spirit also belongs with God in all things. Um. so she was a Methodist, then she became Catholic. I was originally christened Methodist. When she became Catholic, my next brother, he became Catholic and they thought, well, what's this little girl running around, so we better sprinkle her. So I've been sprinkled twice. <laughs> and then eventually I've also received the three treasures um, through Taoism, which was a gift. So. God is all things. Energy is all things.
0: Something that I, I've i been working since, I call it, I divorced church when I was 21.
1: Mm-hmm. Now I'm
0: 52. And uh, in that time, I studied many religions and so forth. And now that I am NLP and I work with people, my, one of my main works is removing all the programs that the Catholic Church actually installed in them. And the people that have more problems with their worthiness or the guilt and the shame and so forth that they carry to their lives are the ones that they were Catholic, more than any other religion in the world. So uh, they don't believe in themselves and so forth because that was part of the same programs of the religion. There was a style of them. And uh, how do you see now that you're, I don't know, are you still Catholic or, or how do you observe that? Those- I,
1: I observe faith in the sense that where I am in my state of being For want of a better word, I see God in all things. Um, I'm comfortable to go to church in the Catholic Church. Um, My sister and her family are Presbyterian. I'm happy to go and sit with them. I don't feel uncomfortable to sit in any any house of worship. Um, I think what is – so, for example, um, without going into the details – I had a very old friend from high school reach out to me recently from Australia and something had happened to her and her family and this, the high school that we were at basically denied publicly what had happened to her and recently she was given an apology by the Catholic um, service nuns in Australia Um like all cultures, even if we just remove from talking about religion, but in all cultures we have a core of behaviours of how we treat each other. And then when those behaviours are influenced by folks, in the past, unfortunately it was a lot of men because that was traditionally who led the churches, um, that's where the damage happens. I mean, we've had in the last many years, finally, the flood of children and who are now adults talking about what happened to them in the hands of um, the clergy.
0: But not only uh, that, the fear they instigate. Yes,
1: yes. And uh, they,
0: make, they carry guilt and shame and so forth, how they're yes. going to talk about it. When they're carrying the guilt and the shame from a rape or from whatever happened to them. So that, one of the
1: so one of it. the things yes so one of the things with my inner journey was is and uh, is to empower myself to read, and I've always loved to read. My whole family loves to read, but I found after that broken moment. That I just craved going to bookstores. If I could have a home where the central room is a bookstore, I would. Um, And so, in reading about faith, in reading about many different religions Buddhism, Taoism, ancient Egypt, um, the Quran, Hinduism eventually, I began to see that there was a pattern in the history of the religion. Um, There is a great book by B. Griffiths called East Meets West. And he details in that book, and that was a revelation for me, that book, because he literally had a, uh, a structure and he put that structure onto each major religion and talked about the history and he was able to show the commonalities. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is that with shall we say we're talking about the Catholic Church and any of the, like we have young girls in Afghanistan at the moment being sold um, because their parents and their family can't afford food. I mean, that breaks my heart every day. Mm -hmm. Now, is that a religious thing or is that part of the religious culture of fear and control? Um, One of the things you just asked me is, is how do people
0: get this out? I believe that's part of the patriarch, the patriarch yes. society. It doesn't have to do too much with religion because, like, I in Mexico is happening the same thing, mm-hmm. and I see it with the Mayas. You go to Chiapas in the south part of Mexico where all the Mayas are; they are selling their their daughters for food. I was witness, in fact, of, of that atrocity, and they're not Catholic. And they're never being Catholic. But they live in a patriarch society. I don't know, it is new after the Spanish came and conquered Mexico. I, or because that patriarch, Because I, I know by the Mayas they were not a patriarch society. The originals before the Spanish came. And uh, and I don't know if that's from the patriarch society or where that comes from but uh i believe the those the idea of going to hell or heaven it creates a, a fear base in almost all religions because not all the religions have that the jewish do not believe in hell you know and the buddhists do not believe in heaven or hell
1: so if we're going to go down the rabbit hole of the afterlife <laughs> um I I believe that um, when the spirit leaves the body, that the mental picture of of the pattern of your life, as to whether it's Catholic Jesus or um, Allah or Buddha, then that's what you'll see on the other side.
0: Yes, I agree. Whatever is in your mind is what in your. Yes, to see.
1: that's what you will see. Um, I. One of my earliest experiences within the first um, three and a half months of beginning to learn to meditate, because when I sat down the first time to meditate, all the phenomena just happened. It was like Pandora's box, but it was Pandora's house. (laughs) Um, And I remember going to um, the funeral of my cousin He was only 25 when he passed. And I remember feeling this coldness in the vehicle that I was driving home that night back to my aunt and uncle's house. And my aunt met me and she said, you brought him home with you. And I literally was shaking. And it was my first experience with um, somebody that I knew that was not corporal. And so the following week when I went to meditation, um, I could sense, again, this, it was like a presence. It felt like somebody was standing in the room very close to me. And it's like, what am I going to do? And um, with the help of my teacher, mentor, and then we became very good friends, I had my first experience of helping somebody or the spirit of someone pass over. And um, I saw what I saw and he acknowledged i saw his face i saw him lift the visor he he rode his motorcycle on through the river of light my grandfather had passed away literally 6 weeks to the almost to the hour just 6 weeks prior um, to my cousin passing i could see uh, an image of him waiting for him um and about three months later, I went back to visit my aunt and my cousin and her family and At the kitchen table, they start telling me about how Andrew came to visit them in a dream and they described in their dream exactly what I had seen three months prior in my meditation um When my aunt passed away four years ago, my dad and my mum were there, my sister was there my brothers this is in australia um and my dad sort of literally said, So, she's been to visit yet? And yes. So, I have a very different view of passing over now because to me, my big bright light is simply just going to leave my body. Um, and it's going to be of all
0: things. That depends also on what they're carrying, how they're living. Uh, yes. I, I am a channeler and medium. And, uh, and something that I notice when they died many times, and they have things that they haven't resolved in life. They they do not cross over yet. Until they resolve it, that is more difficult because they're not alive. They, they should done it when they were alive, but they didn't do it. So they linger trying to observe the things that they didn't resolve. They resolve it before they even cross. Yes. And that's, that's an issue because it can be there stuck for eternity because there is no time.
1: The, I, I personally haven't had some of that experience that you're describing with those that have um, been around me, but um, I had somebody pass unexpectedly. He was on vacation with his family in New Zealand. And when I went to check in, he was like still in shock because it had been a, an unexpected passing, I think getting back to the question that you were talking about, how do you help folks? I know for myself, because I've been doing this for so long, is, is that the more I go within and follow the path, what I call the path, it's the more dissolving that happens. And so... The more I dissolve, the more I see myself in you and you in me, and the need for me to be fearful or see things as in separate is less. Right now we have, in history right now, we have so many people that are dimensionally in pain. Um, and I take my hat off to all the folks who are out there doing work such as you do because where do you start? Because often the puzzle that's in front of you is like a ball of string that's so wrapped up and compressed um, and they will often come out with a whole lot of different sorts of things that really have no relation to the actual issue. Um, so it behoves us as workers in energy to be able to find the truth of what works for us, and sit in that space. And just like you're doing with me, you're asking probing questions that you know that work for you. And if you keep asking me, I'm going to peel open like a big lotus for you.
0: Yes. Well, that's what usually therapists do or, or coaches. We, we have to ask and ask and ask. Yes, yes. peel the onion. Yeah. Obviously, there's no uh, I wish peeling the onion is only have one layer, but there is always more layers underneath. I, ha-
1: I have a different way of looking at the onion. Um, I was struck by that comment, and for some folks it is like peeling the onion down. But then if you don't take that bottom part off, you're really just still attached to all the stuff, all the, the outside leaves. For some... Not for all, Um, but for me, I like to think that it's an unwrapping. It's like an Egyptian mummy. If you keep unwrapping that cloth, eventually it's going to go away and the core core issue or um the next part of the puzzle is going to reveal itself.
0: It depends on how deep and how truthful you are to yourself. Yes. Because if yes. you're not truthful completely to yourself you just <sharp inhale> like the onion layers they're thin mm-hmm. and it's going to take you longer it's like going with a therapist that is going to take you years to heal or a, or a coach that we have to do it faster so, yes and yes and i
1: think i think to, oh sorry i'm going to be quiet you speak <laughs>
0: But that depends on the person that uh, that is actually doing that work. How truthful they are to themselves, and unfortunately, many things are very so painful that we have even put many blocks in our minds, so we don't remember. That uh, uh, we we're talking in case like a rape or a case of a deep, deep trauma that many people don't even remember that that happened to them. But it did happen to them. And now as an adult, now they have problems. <clears throat> that uh that problems let's say a woman that was raped when they was a kid. And uh now as an adult they're having sexual problems as an adult or they're rejecting every single relationship or it's just an example. And yes. they don't understand why. And that is goes more profound. That's in, in hypnosis you can get their real answers because they have put so many blocks in the subconscious so they can't even realize. Even if they try to be truthful, they don't remember.
1: I think that's why um, in the early days for me, I was very lucky that there was a College of Natural Medicine in Brisbane and so I was able to, as I was going within and beginning to uh, chase down the path, um, that I could use and go and avail myself of different modalities. And if one, so that, and I'm talking about as basic as massage, acupuncture, kinesiology, cranial sacral, hypnotherapy. Um, meditation, going and meditating for 10 days without speaking, which is the best thing I ever did in my life. Um, and I think that's really important that we see ourselves who are able to support others in their process, that we're not the sole point of, of all the answers and that we have to encourage those folks who are Trying to get at the core of their trauma, that really the answers are within them, and that we are here to help facilitate that journey. We're here to be a mirror. Um, working with some of the folks that I have, one of the most difficult personal things was to let them go. Um, as a, as a, I don't like to use the word teacher all the time, but as a teacher, the greatest thing that you can do to help somebody is empower them enough to have enough skills that they can fly, be free, go off and, and live their best life. Um, uh, there's a book that I read um, in the last couple of months and it's about inherited trauma also, mm-hmm. um, that dimensional trauma that we take through in the memory from our hereditary history Um and I know that that part of the conversation is starting to occur with a lot more within the healing community, but it's not only what happens to you in this physical life, it's the history of what you bring through from your family history. Okay. And then it, and it continues on. And um, as a teacher, as a light worker, whatever label, um, it behoves us to make sure that, we continue to do our own work and we just like this sit down and have conversation with others because I'm sure when I finish talking with you tonight, I'm going to have lots and lots of things to process. And I'm sure you will in, in the same thing that if, if we, we have to learn together as a healing community to come together and talk more often. Um, it's not a competition and. I find it very difficult at times when I'm around folks who want to start talking about this dimensional number and this something because, again, we're, we're actually uh, um, in some sense opening ourselves up to he's better than me, I can't do this, That's um, that person's more
0: spiritual. That's where I was going, the, the, yeah. a lot of that. Those programs come from the same competition that is our their world, uh, their dimension, mm-hmm. but they come from the religion because there's always a competition, and and also grades. This is the Pope, this is the Archbishop, uh, Archbishop, and then the priest, and then this and that. And you can talk to the to God directly unless you talk to the priest, so the priest acts as like intermediary to God. And they put these grades of authority that you've wanted to be that authority and that's where the competition comes. And uh okay. that's where we compare all the time. Oh, I'm not good enough or or whatever to talk with God, that's why it has to be too so and so and so.
1: <clears throat> I I um I can only speak for myself, but I think Um, I know that this is my – I'm just going to go down the rabbit hole again. This is my last lifetime. And so and there's also a word that I'm very comfortable to, to talk about, which is the state of being of enlightenment. Now, not many people are. There's a very good reason because how can you describe what is the undescribable? If you are limited before and then you become limitless, you cannot return to being a limit. Um but I didn't get to that state of being without um the the warrior nature going within. But I had um folks all along the journey who were reflections for me. Um and so sometimes, like you asked me to speak, so I'm speaking, but sometimes I will sit in a room full of folks, maybe at a lecture or something. And I don't speak because, first of all, are they going to understand what I'm talking about because of the difference in vibrational speed? Um, And I also know that whatever somebody is not meant to understand, I can tell them, but they're going to forget. So for me, I'm comfortable in my state of being. I'm comfortable with shall we say, the big picture job that I'm here to do. Um, But it's important every so often to actually acknowledge that there's a tremendous amount of work going on at the moment um, for people to become whole, to become
0: empty. Yeah. I, I can understand that. And also it depends on the awareness they have and the observation they have because we're actually use, using our frontal law when we are becoming the observers, and we remove the judgment so that's when we can really observe because if we're judging, we're not observing
1: yes, mm-hmm. yes, we're having a separateness I um have been doing some personal research on the connection between the limbic brain and the amygdala and what happens to folks who experience different unfortunate life experiences trauma um, and how that actually impacts how the brain forms and so when you're meditating and you're doing the practice of stilling the mind if there's A misalignment literally in the chemistry and the physicality of the brain then it's also going to be a lot more difficult eventually you'll get there but there's a challenge within that um so i found that very very interesting recently
0: yes it is very interesting and one of the things that I have found is more that I release the judgment, I can become the better observer, and that's yes. something that uh, that is ingrained to also to us to all human beings to judge. And is being taught in schools. It has been taught in everything. This is hot, cold. It is pretty ugly. This is bad, good. This is uh, the, the bodic or this is angelic? <coughs> it's a, it's a, it's
1: about a value system. I know um, – so growing up in my family in Australia, I can honestly say that my mum has this expression, there's work do." So there was really to me as a child no gender role specific for who was putting the laundry on, who was doing the dishes, who was – mowing the lawn we as a family four kids two boys two girls and my parents we got in and we worked together the same with catching the bus to school I just saw people as people um and I also had never experienced racism Mm -hmm. until I came to America um (laughs) and I'll share this story because it's a true story so the first time I landed at the Chicago airport I'd actually traveled all that way vegetarian because I wasn't quite sure I mean I'd traveled into Asia before but never done that long a trip and so being vegetarian after whatever it was 17 hours or something I wanted to eat a burger and I saw McDonald's at the Chicago airport and I'm like yay I'll go and get a burger So I went over And I ordered. Now, in Australia, when you have a cup of coffee with milk, it's called a flat white or you ask for a white coffee. And so I went up to the counter at McDonald's and I asked for a Big Mac and a white coffee because that's that's the expression from my culture. And the uh, lady, the person who was serving me, kept asking me, you know, what are you asking? And then eventually another lady who had the title of manager came out and said, she means half and half. And then, of course, my head went, what's half and half? Because I only know milk in my coffee. So when I got here finally to my then boyfriend slash fiance because it was my first time travelling, and I was explaining I didn't understand why the lady kept asking me, I'm asking for a Big Mac and a and a flat white, a white coffee, and then he said, What did she look like? And I said, Well, she was a lady. She's just like me. He goes, No, what did she look like? Was she like you? Did she have the same coloured skin? And I went, Oh,
0: well, so, no. Someone is saying that the video stopped, but. Uh in the middle of the Chicago airport story. Do mm. we still going on? I see it. I still see it. Okay. I see it too. So, so anyway, that was, i just finish
1: off. That was my first experience of actually I didn't see anything different. She was a lady. I'm a lady. I was asking for some food. She was going to sell me some food. But um, living here near the Gettysburg area where the Civil War happened, um, I now know that people look at each other differently and they do label each other. Um, But it's up to me to see past that I'm sitting here with a person who has the same problems, the same happiness, the same opportunities that I do, Um, and sometimes I have to remember that I'm in an area where culturally I've come from a different place. Um, so I've really tried to empower myself to learn a lot about the American culture, American history. There's a whole history to fried chicken that I didn't even know about. Um, I, I, If I don't know something, I ask a question. So, for example, um, I was working in a bank and I had a lady who would come in a full, um, what's it called, the full headdress and the full dress, and she was a Muslim. And so um, we got chatting. And I was able to help her with her banking needs, and she noticed something about me. And so we had this wonderful chat, and she let me ask all sorts of questions, um, and I always It was a wonderful, pleasant experience every time she came in. Um, The first time I interacted with somebody who I knew had, shall we say, come out of the closet was my dear friend who I'd grown up with. And I already knew when he finally told me, but we spent the day and he let me ask every question that I could imagine, probably some that I really regret asking (laughs) But I think it starts. It comes with communication. If you don't know something, ask.
0: The thing is, going back to the racism a little bit because I believe yes. this important point that we should all talk about it. Mm-hmm. I understand perfectly where you're coming from. I was, mm-hmm. I my, even if my parents are from San Antonio, Texas, I was raised in Veracruz, Mexico,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and half of Veracruz, Mexico is 80% Cubans.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, and I did not even realize that I was around 80% Cuban, you know, and, and mixed with uh, Mexican Indians and so forth. For me, that was normal. Yes. When I came to the United States, that's when I realized the same thing as you did that, about the racism because I was the Mexican here. Hmm. And, um, and in Mexico, I was the American. In that way, but that was by citizenship, not by race, not by color. Here is the color, not the, not too much their citizenship. It is different. And that is the division part. If everybody observed that the program that it was installed in more in this country than any other country in the world that I see more, that is the racism, and that's where it marks the division. Where everybody feels superior or inferior or or they deserve better or less depends on their color of the skin when, it, it, and
1: yeah I, and and it, it falls me because I don't even like using that word, but again, there is a language here that that's the word that you use um I think it is sp- i one of the blessings a byproduct of a spiritual journey is is that eventually you have to see that the person in front of you is just as much a part of you as you are of them and that becomes very difficult it's incredibly difficult at the moment because the levels so um the levels of division we in order to grow, so you and I started off this conversation about what was the moment where we had our big change that forced us to go within. But if we are to change as a, as a species of people, as humans, the then unfortunately, this is our big moment at this time of history for us to go within and look at how do we treat each other across our individual relationships, our family connections, um, our community, our state, our country. For me, when I sit down and catch up with my family, which we don't do Zoom often enough, it's three time zones in three different countries because my brother's in Ireland as well. Um, There are listening skills that happen in a spiritual um, path that we term... Intuitive or empathic, but really we're listening to that light and that sound within each other, um, so that we can become in sync with that that wave that's in and that's in all of us.
0: Yes, I I do agree with that. The to change the collective, we we can change the collective. It has to be individual work. Yes, it will be a real. I believe that we live in a narcissist society, in the one that is only about them, and they lost the compassion and the empathy for others. And to change the collective, each individual has to actually start having compassion and think and detain themselves if this is going to affect others. And that's basically stop being narcissist, but they have to observe that they are having that problem. If they don't observe they're having a problem, a com- a lack of compassion, they're not gonna realize it. They're gonna continue their lives and die like that. Because they don't even realize that's the problem of the narcissist. They don't realize they're narcissists.
1: No, and, no, they don't. And and fortunately for me, I've met a couple and um
0: And that's when, something very when, you were talking before. A narcissist produces narcissist kids. Or or the empathic kids, that they have too much compassion, and that's why they're abused by the narcissist parents. But people don't want to talk about it because their parents are sacred. But without thinking that that sacred parents, they were some of them. They might be narcissists, and that's why we live in a narcissist reality right now, where the the there are the abusers of the empathic.
1: I I um I like to think of it this way that without certain types of personalities we don't have something to push up against and not everybody so there's that this phrase I'm sure you've heard it so good people do good things good people do bad things bad people do bad things bad people do good things
0: that's using judgment, and not many people understand what is a good thing or a bad thing or whatever. For me, it is a good thing or a bad thing. For someone else, it's going to be different.
1: Yes. Yes. So so it, it becomes also perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, right action, right thought, right speech is all parts of learning that warrior nature of do no harm. Um, I I Want to qualify in the sense that there are a lot of people really trying at the moment, um, more so than ever, and not all of them have the tools. And so it's reliant on us that if we re- interact with them to sit in that you, space. Have you asked yourself
0: if they want the tools?
1: Yes. And that's part of it. Not everybody wants it. Um, and that becomes, that is a judgment, but it's more about. So I'm sitting with a group of people and I'm going to listen and I'm going to observe. And sooner or later, I'm going to say, can I help you? And if they say no, I'm going to say, great. Just know I'm here. But sometimes if they say, yes, will you help me, I will say to them, within what I can do, I will help you. And if I can't, I will find or help you find somebody else who can.
0: Uh, well, I come from a narcissist family. And uh, and there's always, they're, uh, they're entitled for everything. So they're not going to even realize. When the difference is put the shoes of the other to see how the other is feeling, so like that you don't detain yourself. I should not do this because I'm gonna harm someone else. But these people don't. They're they're. They have part of the narcissist is the grandiosity. They deserve it all. They don't deserve uh, to have compassion for anyone. Why? Because it's about them. It's not about anyone else. And do you,
1: do you think then that having that? family culture for yourself and what you experience because I've also I've read a little bit about what you've shared Do you think then that that was within there you have actually found your calling to help others Yes that um, when you work with somebody who is a shall we say a wife who has gone through some breakups like you have, or some women who haven't been treated as well, that when you're listening to them, you're able to listen to their story without having to impose your story onto them.
0: The thing is, you put the shoes, it is easy to an empath than many of us are. to put the shoes on the other person, how they feel. So it's easier to, you're going to call as a coach, as a teacher, or whatever you want to call us. Uh, its You're going to put the shoes of the other mm-hmm. person, and you're going to talk about your story, and the people you're going to attract is the people that have mm-hmm. similar stories that are coincide with you. If you don't resonate with the story of that person, it can be a speaker or whatever, you're not going to be attracted by it because it's a very different story that it doesn't have to do anything with you. If you go to a conference and if the speaker does not have the story, it doesn't have to do anything with you, you're going to get bored and you want to get out. <laughs> there is nothing for you. So when you're teaching or coaching or helping others, it is because there are some similarities in there that it has to be um, reflecting mirror image as as you are, and that's why you can help them.
1: I think why I, in particular, like to sit and listen when I can on a Monday to you interview people, it's because you have reached a point within yourself where your vulnerabilities in your journey have become strengths. And so when you speak your truth, the alchemy has happened. I like to think of it as you've taken that cup of vinegar
0: and you've turned it into wine, and I still tasting some vinegar once in a while. <laughs> oh, we all do. <laughs> We're all in the process. If I, I always have said, anybody that feels like, "Oh, I'm already know it all, and I already healed myself," what you're doing here? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I hope that. Um, That I'm still like manifesting an inner library until the moment that I stop breathing, and in then, when I um, leave the mortal coil, as I say, then I just go back to the big library um, to begin something different again.
0: Yes, there's always a chance that we can grow and learn, and if something is triggering us, it is because there's something that we have to work in ourselves. Yes. But not everybody's observer of themselves, and that's one of the main, more important things that I have encountered. If you observe your emotions and your thoughts, that's where you find the the healing part. Yes, because that's when yes. you can change yourself.
1: So for me, I, the skill of learning to meditate was the uh, technique that helped me, um, and that's my probably my most favorite place to be is to be silent and within um, and to go into that inner world. Um, It makes me a little antisocial at times, um, but in there I find truth. um, And I also love to sit and meditate with others. Um, It's it's almost like a, a shared meal. It's lovely to sit down with friends and family and have a meal. It's lovely to sit down with friends and family or whoever wants to and meditate together as well.
0: I was going to ask you regarding that. uh, How do you, uh, what is the uh, Vipassana meditation?
1: Oh, sure. So um, the Vipassana Center is just north of Brisbane in Australia, but there are Vipassana, it's V-I-S-S, it's got lots of S's in it anyway. Um, So it is... Burmese Buddhist, what it looks like each day is is that the gong goes very early in the morning and off you go to the gompa, and you sit down. The gentleman who began the philosophy is piped in and for want of a better word, it's uh, a lot of philosophy about kindness and compassion. But the actual technique that happens is as you literally start And it's about 10 hours of meditation a day. They don't want you to be speaking to others um, because it's the whole practice of being silent. But you literally start with focusing on your breath and you concentrate on feeling the breath in and out. And then you go to your nose and then slowly, slowly, you are imagining um, each and every cell of your body. And in that process of stilling the body stilling the mind of course the fountain of knowledge begins to activate and there is a psychological process that happens it's really at the end of 10 days it's like a mammoth big so you're eating vegetarian food for 10 days and you're drinking a lot of water so you're cleansing your physical body you're cleansing um and removing a lot of attachments to emotional connections and the same with your mind. Um, on the tenth day, the last meditation you do is what's called a meta meditation, which of course is giving out lighter and love and compassion. So everybody in the Gompa imagines focusing their energy on the earth and all people. Um, it is for well, what it was when I went. It, you paid on what you paid by what you thought you could pay or you came back and offered service so there is a um a giving and a receiving within the whole premise of a passion. but if anybody ever gets an opportunity to sit down for 10 days and really go within it is um they they do say to you once you're in for at least 3 days four Psychologically, it's not a good idea to stop. Um, they want to know if you've been on medication, whether you've had any mental illness, because you are going to confront yourself within yourself. Um, and so that's that warrior nature um, that they talk about within the inner journeys is, you know, you feel like you're on a battlefield. And depending on how visual you are, and I'm quite visual, my battlefield looks like some old... Roman-Greek battlefield where we're all hacking each other apart and it's quite bloody. But I'm not like that in my nature, but my mind is reading that much trauma and that much I've got to get through. I've got to find the inner strength to get across that battlefield. So um, I did it. I recommend it to anybody. Um, So it's very much breath work and taking that breath into your body and then working on that inner inner framework. Um, if you're seeing colours in your meditation, then you're always you're within your own auric field. Um so yes, it was wonderful.
0: Yes, I I have done different kind of practices, like being sun dances with each and uh, and you go to the sweat lodge for uh, three times a day and things like that, and you dance the whole day in the sun and and uh, and yeah, it's, or not eating for several days in a vision quest or things like that. It does change your way of observing life, and something happening inside. And I believe if you wanna do a catharsis and do that inner change, it depends on the person. And uh, it depends on the person, but um, what they're gonna, how much they're gonna surrender I and mean, be true to, to themselves, so they can go deeper and uh, and find really who they really are.
1: I I think it's great again that we have different types of opportunities. So for me, the Vipassana works. For you, you were describing. I mean, hats off. That's yes, I'm, that's not that's not something that I could do physically. If I had to, I maybe could crawl through it, but so we go with some folks like to have a cleanse with ayahuasca um, and look at those type of of practices um, some like um, historical types of cleanses. What I do find common though is is each person will always say that it like catapults them a little bit further um, and they remember the moments as a significant. Yes, oh, I had this experience, or yes, I I um, drank ayahuasca, and next minute it was like my whole mind lit up. Um, I'm a bit afraid of ayahuasca because I'd probably go out and not want to come back in. <laughs> um, but I have had friends who've who've had that experience, and they all tell me it's fantastic.
0: I am more shamanic in, in my practices and uh how I have healed myself. I have not tried ayahuasca, but who knows, maybe one day I will try it. <laughs> the other day I was invited to a church of ayahuasca and it's like that sounds weird having a church, but I understand for legal purpose why they have it in the United States. Yes. But uh and but hey, whatever it works for some people, it doesn't have to fit for each one of the persons that uh Every practice is different. And and getting out of that we comfortable zone because otherwise we're going to continue st- be stuck in there. It doesn't matter what practice you do. Getting out and extending a little bit more ourselves of our comfortable zone. That's mm-hmm. what is actually going to bring us new experience in and to amplify our conscience.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I will share with you, though, Little funny story. When I finished the ten days, and I got in my car to drive back to my home, and of course I'm dating myself now because it's over twenty years ago that I did this. But there was the song at the time, "What if God was one of us?" And it came on the radio, so I'm like, "Yes, what if God was one of us? (laughs) I'm God, you're God, we're all God." (laughs) Um, So it was a just so I love coincidence. I love when. you you meet you meet truth along the journey. It's very
0: important. yes that is that is important. And you have not uh, find your true answers but they can be in the theteric it can be in your subconscious. it can be they are there inside yes. of each one of us we just have to search them and there are thousands and thousands of methods that I have discovered, and they, they are doing more methods now, that uh, there are so many techniques to heal yourself that I, I don't know at all. And sometimes I experience one different one. It's like, oh, this is good. <laughs> and uh, and they're there. And you don't find the answers probably in this timeline. Probably comes from a different timeline that you were. It can be a parallel. Yes. It can be from past yeah. lives. It can be from somewhere but we tend to repeat ourselves the same mistakes. Like when we I do Galactic Akashic Records, mm-hmm. I encounter that many of the same mistakes that we have done in a, in a different planet. We continue doing it in this timeline. <laughs> the same issues.
1: I, I will share with you, though, that um, when you meet a person in this life and I like to say that they've got a few coloured beads the same as I've got some coloured beads that are the same. You just know that you know them. Mm-hmm. And I've had the opportunity, um, a few times in my life. I always think of, I will, I will give him his name, John, who's my brother's best friend in Ireland. The first time I met John, he was in Australia and it was exciting because he was my, my brother Dan's best friend he'd come from Ireland and we had and you could have set the clock by about 15 minutes and I just looked at him and I said we know each other don't we and he goes yes I said so we don't need to have all this other conversation do we we just know each other and he goes yes and I've been blessed in my journey to have a few folks that travel on with me both here and in Australia that I just know them and they know me and Sometimes our movie theaters and our mind get active, and we see some similar things um, and it's a wonderful thing to gather that which is familiar to you however, of conversely, you can also recognize something in somebody else and you think, "Gosh, okay, here we go. We've got to sort this out in this lifetime."
0: <laughs> I wanted to ask you uh what are your i saw that you wanted to do more more things in twenty twenty two Yes. about your practice, and can you tell us a little bit that that uh, before we finish because I, I don't yes. want to that part. It's yes. important.
1: So um, those that are close around me know that I love my cave, but I cannot be in my cave any longer. Um, and what I'm looking to do is to work with folks on a one-on-one basis. I don't want to take on a lot of people. Because I simply, it's a lot of work for me when I do work with one. But I'm um, in the beginning of January, it'll probably be similar to what you and I are doing here, where we come together and I'm looking for folks who not only want to work on, shall we say, their life now, but feel called to truly delve into a spiritual journey. In the sense of the the theosophists. So we're talking Alice Bailey, Madame Madame Blavatsky, um, astrology, numerology, the ring pass knot, the journey to enlightenment. Uh, There are folks that I sense, I can feel them that are out there that are looking for somebody to walk beside them and take them within. I never thought that I could do that um, because I had always when you think about differences, I had always thought that that was only for the adepts, but I've um had the experience that that happened for me in a group meditation with the family, and I am ready to step up and say, "If you feel that this is your calling, I am here to be a guidepost for you um and it's not easy it's very it can be very rough. Um, there are, it's not typically because usually folks who want to do that type of journey head off into an ashram somewhere, or they go and cloister themselves. Um, and there is a lot of, um, modern perceptions about that type of journey. And so I feel that if I can do it and love what I've done, and be here and still be fairly normal, then it's time to share. So um, it's breath meditation work. It's a lot of reading. It's a lot of introspection. Many of the things that you've talked about, the seven keys, you will look at yourself within yourself, your your constellation family, um, and ultimately what I'm looking to do is to help folks find, well, why am I here? I know that I'm here for service. That's it. It's no big mystery. I'm here for service. Um, and I had to learn my limits, what I could and can't do because I'm still a limited girl. Um, but that's what I'm going to do in 2022 is um, avail myself to folks who are interested in that type of work. Um, it's fairly specialised because a lot of a lot of folks aren't doing that. Um but again, I need wonderful healers because it's you get there by being part of a collective. Um, so I'm very lucky in this area. There are some great folks who work in massage, acupuncture, jiggle, all those sorts of things. So basically I'm like your program manager. I'm going to work with you. We're going to work out a plan. We're going to sit down when you come and speak with me. I'm going to sit and um, be quiet. I have friends that tell me that I could sit in a room with them and not speak and they're going to get everything they need anyway, um, which is great. That that works for them. That's less less stress and less energy for me. But basically that's what I'm going to do is, is I'm going to work with folks who are – that's their thing um, and I can help them. I I – I guess I'm a Reiki master. Yes, I can do energy work, um, but there are great people who are much more. That is their thing, and this is my thing.
0: When you have it ready, uh, please promote it in the group.
1: I will. I will. Yes,
0: from within. So, yes. like that, uh, more people may be interested. Who, who knows? Now mm-hmm. that the internet actually have opened up the borders worldwide. And uh, we can work with all uh, people from all over the world. This yes. is one of the biggest gifts that we have now.
1: Yes yes so so that's that's my thing. Um, that's what I love to do. I love to empower people, and I know my lane and I can stick to it. but I have some fantastic folks that I can um, gather in to help.
0: So, yeah. So, for the viewers that are seeing this program right now or later on, you want to contact Catherine, you can find it in the description box in right now here on Facebook or later on in YouTube. Uh, Ask her information. So, like that, you want to contact her about this. Uh, she will start with this in 2022.
1: Thank you. It's yeah. been a real blessing. I, I'm really thankful that we've had this conversation because... It's not a conversation that usually happens with folks who are energy workers. We've covered quite a a genre of different things, and I'm so thankful for that.
0: Thank you. Would you like to add something else before we finish?
1: Yes. The path within is not easy, but it is the most extraordinary experience because what you experience inside will be experienced outside and the many wonderful people that you'll meet along the line. And you will change and you will become more to be less. And the less of you, the greater that you can share with others. So that's what I'd like to share.
0: Thank you so much. You're
1: welcome. You're welcome.
0: And remember, the pain is going to be as painful as your resistance. <laughs> true, true, true. True. So I really thank everybody for being here. And uh, and thank you so much to everybody. Thank you, Catherine. It was really Thank you, Monica. Nice. I'm very humble. Thank you. The next week we have uh, Kelly Fairfield, that she is uh, an expert in in books but in books that you are uh, for, you can become uh, the best-selling author. And, uh, and I already, thanks to her, I am one of the best-selling authors, and we're having it the next Monday. And um, remember, guys, that uh, we accept donations, and we appreciate any of your help. This is how this program survive, and that's how I pay canvas for all the promotion and, and so on and so forth. So uh, we will appreciate that in the description also you can find the paypal for that and i have right now five spaces available for coaching one-on-one and two spaces available for uh, couples therapy coaching and you find it in more information also in the description box thank you so much to everyone thank you Catherine. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system path to the heart that I created just for you. Head over to monica warrioroflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.